Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Oh, motherfucker, you can't have my cornbread, that's for damn sure. Because if you try to take my cornbread, part two of my killing spree going to begin up in here on your ass right now. If you think about my cornbread, begin to taste out your mouth. That's for damn sure. Now fuck him, fuck this, cause I'm from New York City, goddammit. Nobody take no cornbread from me. That go for you and any other you motherfucking farmers wanna try some shit. You fuck around with me, it's gonna be consequences and repercussions. What's going on, folks? What's going on? It's Maestro Styles and Trey Frazier here in the house for another week of the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast, live on the website, barbershopsportstalkpodcast.com, also on our Instagram, on IG Live as well. Just go to our Instagram, at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. You can watch us there. You can get in the chat, or you can listen to us on the website, barbershopsportstalkpodcast.com. Also, you can follow us on the Facebook page. Also on Twitter at Barbershop S P O R two. Um, what's good, man? What's what's popping? Hey, man! Fresh off the Super Bowl, uh, you know. <clears throat> you know, we obviously we had our little little get together at your crib uh, Super Bowl night, and uh, I asked you a question late in that game, mm-hmm. and you never answered me. So I figured this would be a good time to ask you. Okay. Did <clears throat> the, the, the Damian Williams touchdown count as a pull away? Uh, according to the score, yes, it does. Um, okay. And I think I answered you, but it's probably not the answer you were looking for. Um, okay. That game basically was decided. Like, I, under, I understand the Niners had their timeouts and everything. In my mind, the Niners weren't getting the football back. And I understand you got to play the percentages and you got to take timeouts and you got to try to stop them three times before they could get another first down. But that game was basically in hand. I think the 49ers knew it. I think that defense knew it, which is why they let Damian Williams run for that touchdown. Um, Look, I'll give it to you because the score indicated that they pulled away but you also said that they will pull away in the third quarter i swear i said second half and not third quarter that's why i said second half you said third quarter i'm almost positive okay. that you said third quarter well i'm almost positive i said second half so here we are at a standstill well it's on wax right <laughs> or it's on it's on tape we can we can go back and listen to the episode so 
We we could definitely do that. Um, yeah, I mean, so definitely, um, shouts out to the Kansas City Chiefs for uh, winning Super Bowls, winning the Super Bowl. Uh, was it thirty one twenty? Patrick Mahomes, the MVP. Um, I guess since we got all the, if you live under a rock, news out the way, uh, you know, I guess we could try. We could just get get straight into it, man. Yeah, before before we do that, I just want to shout out my peoples, man. Uh, you, okay. Melvin, Alex, and Levon, and my wife, Debbie, and my in-laws, and all the kids came over for the crib for the Super Bowl party. And uh, I'll use your term, if you're living under a rock, um, we uploaded some pictures all over our social media stuff. Um, nothing really special, just, you know, a family just getting together for the big game. And all that good stuff. So, it much much appreciated, you know, from everyone. I I this is the first time I hosted the Super Bowl party in like five years or something like that. I think the last Super Bowl I hosted was when uh, Beast Mode didn't get the ball at the goal line. Yeah. So uh-huh. so um yeah so you know much uh, appreciated that everybody came through to you know support us and you know the movement and all that. So. Uh, so now that we got that out of the way, what's good? And the more importantly, just to watch a good game. Absolutely. Good game. And the game was a good game. It was a good game. It was a good game. Uh, and, and, and if I'm being honest, man, really, from front to back, this was one of the better uh, Super Bowls. I mean, if you add, you know, the, you know, the performances and all those things that come along with the Super Bowl, um, this, is, this is a pretty good a pretty good Super Bowl production. Now, now, I will say that I didn't catch any com- none of the commercials caught my eye. I'll say that. But um, when it comes to the overall, pro- well, no, I'm not because when the Disney Plus, when the Marvel stuff came on, mm-hmm. I was, right? Yeah. But anyway, um, you know, but you know, from the the national anthem and all that, everything was good. I mean, they picked good singers they performed well like everything was was done well this year i I, I honestly don't have a real criticism when it comes to criticizing the entire production of the super bowl this year and as much as i wanted to see trick daddy trina two live crew come out of the back some way somehow um the production i have to say it it was a really good production man um Shakira and J Lo, they really they they tore it down at the halftime show. I mean, I definitely wouldn't have minded seeing Wyclef and Ja Rule, but it it was it was good. Yeah, yeah, it it, it was good. Um, production, singers, I mean, everything about it, I I thought was was, uh, was on point. I was I was I was entertained. I was definitely entertained. I was definitely entertained. Yep, yep. So. Uh, plays that kind of caught my eye throughout the game, right? That I that I thought made a big difference in the outcome, and it's not like how I predicted it because I I kind of predicted it to be like a back and forth kind of a game, and it ended up being ten ten. I guess for like the longest stretch of the game, it was ten ten for the most part, and the Niners. I would have to say, um, and particularly on defense, the Niners dominated this football game for about three quarters, maybe three and three quarters and some change. Um, I know the Chiefs scored really quickly early and got that lead 7-3 and really could have made it 
well, what, uh, 14-3? And I thought if they would have made it 14-3 that that would have been it and that the Chiefs were just going to kind of take off. But the Niners get that stop on third down in the red zone. They kick the field goal, so now it's 10-3. And now you're thinking, okay, the Niners, they needed that. They're back in this thing. All they need is, you know, all they need is a drive, which they got. And they were able to get that touchdown back to tie it up, you know, 10-10, and it stayed 10-10 for the most part. Um, the game changed for me, and I, and I, and I thought about a, a couple of different plays that I thought might have turned this game. But I got to be honest with you, and I know you and I, we've had our discussions in the fourth quarter watching the game together, and we talked about Jimmy G not getting it done. I think I talked about Shanahan kind of not running the football in certain situations, particularly that second and five, when I think the score was like 20 to 17 and they were still up by three. I got to tell you, man, that third and 15 that uh, the Chiefs had after, I guess it was a, was it a penalty or I can't remember if it was a penalty or. This nigga had, this nigga, this nigga intentionally did. See, this is the thing. That wasn't a play call. This nigga did an 11-step drop so to make sure that nobody would get to him before he made his throw. Oh, the play was a lucky play. I know. No, it's, that's the thing. I don't think it was lucky. I think he improvised. He made an First of all, you don't make 11-step drops in football games. That's just not something you do. He, um, I think he improvised it in the sense of, okay, this, this is the chance where Nick Bosa is going to Throw Eric Fisher to the ground. Whoever, uh, I think it's Eric Fisher, that, that lineman. Yep. He's going to throw that. He's going to throw dude to the ground, and he's going to sack me, and I'm, or I'm going to be running for my life. He yep. said before he hiked that ball, without saying anything to anybody, it's just me speculating that I'm going to I'm going to go back as far as I can <laughs> because I know I need these yards, and it just so happens Tyree Kill, uh, you know, for the forty yarder. Well. I, I disagree. But I think he did that. I think he did that. Not to cut you off. I think he did that to make sure that he would see any rush coming to him. That was that's not a traditional drop back. No, I I agree with that part. I agree it's not a traditional drop back. But I disagree in the sense that the play from start to finish was wasn't lucky. Um, I thought the ball was thrown. I mean, it was underthrown. First of all, I, I didn't think the throw was all that great, number one. Um, number two, Tyreek Hill had to actually stop and sort of kind of break his run and come back for the ball a little bit. And number three, what what the hell was the Niners doing, you know, back in the secondary? I mean, we, we, we talked about the zone coverage that they were playing for most of the night, and you, you're not going to beat this Chiefs team playing zone Almost eighty percent of the time, you're just not going to do that. So I'm not, I, you seeing the, I'm not seeing where you saw the luck, though. I saw, what I saw was that I it was a bad was, it, it it was a it was a bad throw. First of all, it, it was, was a, a bad, it was a prayer, and 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 again, no, I, I get I get your. I think it was a bad throw. I don't think it was a prayer. I I I, th- I thought it was a I thought it was a prayer. I agree with you that the eleven step drop that's not something you just kind of dial up. That's not something that. The coach is going to get in your ear and say, hey, drop back, you know, 11 steps. I agree there. But when you when you talk about the throw, when you talk about the fact that Tyreek Hill had to kind of stop, turn, 
and wait for that ball to get to him, which means it was an underthrown ball. And the fact that the Niners were playing the coverage that they played, like, I mean, a third and 15, you, if you're the Niners, you, you got to get a stop right there, if you ask me. Okay, so, yeah, we still disagree. Where That's cool. Play, where I see the play, how I saw that play was, is that they were, they were going to rush Patrick Mahomes. They were going to blitz Patrick Mahomes, which they did, which is why he took the 11, which he knew it took the 11 step, step drop. Mm-hmm. He threw it in between the zone. He threw it at the weak spot of the zone. Now, it was a bad throw, mm-hmm. but it was accurate enough where uh, the two defend it, it, it fell in between the zone. So, my thing is, is that had he thrown the accurate ball, Tyreek Hill probably would have scored a touchdown. As exactly. Or got more yardage. But I don't think it was a lucky throw. I think it was a bad, I think it was a good decision, a bad throw. Mm. So, well, I don't, I'm not saying that the play, that the throw was lucky. I'm just talking about the whole play in in general. Well, every, from well, from the from the 11-step drop to the point where Tyreek caught that ball, there was some luck involved with that. You yeah, can't. You can't, I don't, I don't, you can't I don't tell me that, that there was no form of luck in that. Yes, I can. Yeah, I, 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 I think we disagree right there. I'm you, yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm telling you exactly why it wasn't luck. He threw. He it was a great where he threw the ball was a great decision. Where he was trying to throw the ball was a great decision. It was accurate enough to get in between the zone, but not accurate enough to hit him in stride. Mm-hmm. So yes, it was an underthrown ball. But it was a it was a great decision. Um, it was a great decision, and, and and it was such a great decision that for the forty nine defenders uh, behind and in front of Tyreek Hill couldn't react to it. That was planned. You said that was, that planned? was planned. I think yeah, I'm sure that was analytics. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I disagree with that analytics. Okay. Like I, if any if any other quarterback did that. Like if like if Eli Manning did that, we we would be saying this is the luckiest no, dude on earth. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. We we would never say that for a dude who from height took a eleven step drop. Nobody does that unless they know something. That's not something you just do. Right, which would make it more. And again, I'm not talking about just one particular part of the play. I'm I'm talking about the play as a whole. Like it. There's a lot of things that had to happen, like the rush. He avoided the rush. I get that part. Tyreek Hill also. Tyreek Hill also had to come back for that ball. <laughs> like my it, point it, is, my point is, is that if you cover that, I mean, it's safe to say that it was about a seven yard space between uh, the, the defender in front of Tyreek Hill and defender behind Tyreek Hill. And that Patrick Mahomes had to drop that ball in between that that uh, I guess radius in that in that in that, in that space in yes. the space and where Tyreek Hill that. was at. Now again, I'm not saying that. Um, and, and let's be clear, it's not Patrick Mahomes had been making those uh, throws and you know picking apart the weaknesses of zones. He had been pretty much doing that a lot of the game, even though he wasn't having the greatest game when he was successful. It was in the zone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I 100% do believe it was analytics. They knew he was coming with the blitz. And depend, and you know, or you should know, or have an idea of where 
what kind of zone they're going to be running in the backfield, in the secondary. Yeah. I think I think that was playing. Yeah, I, 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 we got to disagree. That, I mean, we got to agree to disagree there. And, and then you throw in the word analytics. It, 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 to me, there's just, I mean, sure, he probably thought, okay, I'm going to step back 11 times. Um, but I think you're right. It's just something that you, you normally don't see out of a quarterback. I, you, you rarely see 11-step drops. You rarely see that. And then on, and the fact that it was a third and 15 which was, you know, which was crazy to me. But um, in your opinion, though, do you think that that was the turning point in the game? Um, I, I, I don't know. Cause the, let me say that. I, I, I well, let me say that. Well, the Niners, I mean, anytime you get somebody, you know, third and 15 and you got a defense the way San Francisco's got a defense – you 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 got to get off the field right there. Sure. I'm 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 sorry. I mean, and and I and I get you're playing the best quarterback in the league. I I totally get it 100. Um, Patrick Mahomes did not have a great day up until the last six minutes of the football game, and at that point in the game, you 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 got to get off the field. And I thought the Niners' defense unraveled from that point. After Tyreek Hill caught that ball, they scored the touchdown, right? That was the Kelsey touchdown, right? And then the Niners get the ball back, and the Niners did their little three and out situation. And and I, I, I and like I said earlier, I thought about the second and five after they got the five yard run on first down. I kept thinking to myself, they should just continue to run the ball right here. Like they've been like I'm I'm thinking back to the Green Bay game where it was a third and eight, and they said, we're going to run the ball on third and eight. And I think they scored a touchdown on that play. I don't know if you remember that play a couple weeks ago. No. But, yeah, they, they had a third and eight, and they ran the ball on third and eight. So, in my mind, I'm like, yo, it's second and five. It's the waning moments of the game. You, you got to stick to your bread and butter. Get Do what got you to this point. And yeah. they, they just got they got totally away from that now I get there was a tip ball um from one of the linemen on the Chiefs um one of those plays I think it was maybe a second down maybe not on that particular drive but maybe on the next drive there was a couple batted balls down so I I get that part about it but to me how much stock do you put into the fact that the Chiefs probably saw a running play coming and lined up as if they were prepared to stop that running play and he uh and that's why they threw it um, how much of that was on the Chiefs? How much stock do you put into the fact that the reason why they threw it on that second and five mm. is that it's because they saw what the Chiefs were doing and thought that they could catch the Chiefs slipping if they ran a play action, which they did. I, I put very little stock into it, and, and here's why. I said it before. They they ran on third and eight. Now, you could say they maybe saw something on third and eight against Green Bay and said, we're just going to catch them off guard because they're playing this particular coverage. They expected the pass, so, you know, it opened up the run. I get that part. But the Niners, for the majority of this season, they didn't give a damn. They didn't give a damn if you put 10 and 11 in a box. They were, they were going to give it to the running backs and let them do their thing. They were getting They were getting chunk yards. I don't got enough. I don't got enough enough 
enough examples of that. I mean, I heard you on you said the third and eight from the Packers game. I don't got enough. I, I agree that they are the top one of the top running uh, teams in the NFL this year, and that and if it were me, I would have ran the ball. But I also take into account the fact that they were twelve and thirteen on play actions in that game. Um, Jimmy, if Jimmy Garoppolo does anything well at quarterback, is making those short throws and making them effectively. If Kyle Shanahan has done anything play calling wise to help out Jimmy G, mm-hmm. it's those types of play action short throws. So, um, with while I agree, and I would have ran the ball that sec on second and five as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not so I'm not as mad as you know I see a lot of people being because let's say that play would have worked because they were playing the run and Chris Jones didn't. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not like it's not like. It's not like we could say on that second and five he made a bad throw. All we can say is Chris Jones made a good defensive play. We don't know how that play would have developed had Chris Jones not batted that ball down. No, so, I agree. Um, I agree with so, that. So I'm not so much mad at that second and five. I do understand the consequences of that second and five not working, and that's why they're getting uh, getting issue with their play calls. I understand why that's being questioned. Yep. But had it gone the other way around, it's not like, Jimmy Garoppolo made a terrible throw, you know, or did something bad, and right. that's why um, it happened the way it happened. So I'm not so much mad. I wasn't so much mad at that. What, but um, when it comes to Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. um, for me, um, for me, and I, and I, for me, look, when he missed Emmanuel Sanders, man, um, that's another big when play. He when he missed Emmanuel Sanders. I, that 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 um that 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 just hurt differently, man. That's that, another that big play. I agree. If you were a San Fran fan and you were trying to uh, you know change the your you know change you know Chiefs had already gained momentum and you know, and the Chiefs were in the lead at that point. I think right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The Chiefs were in the lead at that point, and, yep. and, and you know, and and you know, had he completed that pass. First of all, Emmanuel Sanders was gone. Second of all, we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo in a whole different light and questioning, oh, man, all y'all that didn't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, now, now, now what? You know what right, I'm saying? So right, this was the, that it's those like It's those, like, monumental, those moment plays yep. where it's like, man, you just you just have to. And that's, that's not the only bad throw he's missed, but, but that one right there. That hurts. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's those reasons why, you know, why I never had San Fran going to the Super Bowl, I never had a, I definitely didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl. And it was because of the quarterback. There was going to be a situation, and we talked about it yep. um, Sunday, we talked about it the week before, and probably all year, and mm-hmm. to some extent, yep. that Jimmy Garoppolo is, um, you know, like maybe a lower-tier quarterback, at, and maybe mid-tier at best. Mm-hmm. But, you know what I'm saying? But we don't believe Jimmy Garoppolo in the moments where, uh, stars are born. Not yet. I mean, you know, and and um, and and he's and had he's and he's had a couple of examples. Like I remember the regular season game against I think it was the Cardinals. It was a Thursday night game, and they had to come back on the Cardinals to take a lead and win the game. And I remember that same week we were talking about that game, and I think one thing I said was is that that's cute. It's good that he was able to come back and win a football game. 
I got to see it against somebody other than the Cardinals, who I think at that point was like two and whatever at that point in the season. So then the Saints game. So then the Saints game came. I think it was the week. um, I think it was the week, maybe a couple weeks after that Cardinal game where they went back and forth. Breeze and Garoppolo, they went back and forth. And on a fourth and two and look, fourth and two should be money in most people's eyes, but, you know, you never know. He converts the fourth and two when Kittle does his thing down the field, and we kind of talked about Garoppolo in sort of a different light after that game. We said, okay, this is the Saints. I mean, they have the same record as the Niners, and, and you know, I, I kind of was like, okay, I'll give him some props for doing that because I said a couple weeks prior that I needed to see him do it against better competition, and he did that. He did that against better competition. So oh, I, I say all that just to say I wasn't sold on, you know, the biggest, biggest moment, which is the Super Bowl. That is the biggest of the moments that you could, you know, possibly have. Um, I thought he would play well in this game. I just thought Patrick Mahomes was just going to be three times better than him. I thought and, bo- I, I thought both clarify, I thought both quarterbacks would play well. Just to clarify, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have a statistic bad game for what it's worth. I mean, yeah, um, mm-hmm. um, he wasn't bad. He was he was efficient in his game plan, except for the fact that when it was time to step out of the game plan and be uh, a transcendent quarterback in this league in the biggest moment of his career, he couldn't do it. Um, and, you know, that's not to take – I mean, it's what he is. It's just what he is. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to grow to be more than that guy. Um, and, and, you know, with that team, it might be good enough to win a Super Bowl one day. But Yeah, I, I, I think – yeah, I'm not going to – because I, I, I see a lot of folks talking about, and it, it, it's so funny, I heard this one instance where they said, trade Jimmy Garoppolo back to the Patriots for Tom Brady because Tom Brady, in that situation, would have won that football game, which I agree with 100%. I, I, thought, I think Brady would have won, would have hit Emmanuel Sanders down the field there. But I, I, I'm like, come on, guys. Like, y'all, y'all ready to just dump Jimmy G already because of this one bad quarter? Like, come on, come on, come on, y'all. I can respect, but it's the biggest, again, this team, for what it's worth, is considered to be a Super Bowl caliber team. And the only thing that seems to be, and I'm saying seems, Mm -hmm. to be holding them back is the quarterback. It's not the defense. The defense was tired. Um, You know, the defense was tired. Yeah. so the running backs was productive. They they definitely, uh, from a coaching standpoint, went away from the running game too. Soon. I was gonna say they should have ran a lot more. Twenty two yeah, carries but, is not enough. Yeah, but but if you don't run, then you throw, and then that person who throws the ball is responsible for making the plays, and he didn't. Um, so yep. with that being said, but that um, doesn't mean that doesn't mean that he can't do it next year. Or the year after, or no, whenever no, they I'm whenever they get a chance them. to get back there, saying, if they ever get back I'm there. Saying trade them. I'm not saying trade them either. Um, yep. First of all, that would, I don't even believe that would really work for people who um, really feel that way. I, I hope that's just one of those 
sports, you know, I hope type things, you know. Nah, I, I it was more so a, it was more so a hot take, it, in my opinion. I, I just thought it was I just people see, trying to get a reaction. I can't see how they think that uh, they would trade Jimmy Garoppolo for Tom Brady. I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think that's a, I think that's a, I mean, I get it. I think that's more of those what if. Man, I sure wish that would happen type thing. They they they, they tried to say it as a hot take, bro. That that okay, it wasn't well, even a question to them. They just came out and just said it like, "Hey, this is right, what I would well, do." All that to say, all that to say is that um, you know, this is a Super Bowl team, and it seems like the only thing holding them back was the quarterback at this point. Yep. Um, and and again, that's not to say get rid of him. That's just to say that he wasn't ready for this moment right now um but even with that being said man uh if you think seattle if you think seattle's done competing um you know you oh it's gonna be tough for them to get back yeah there's no question about that they, it's gonna be tough for them to get back yeah so i mean i mean say what you want about the cowboys but if you but if you're talking about an offense that can rival that defense that, that Cowboy offense in all cylinders is going to be a problem. Um, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, with Mike McCarthy that, running the show now? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's, there are other teams in the NFC. The Saints. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, even if, I mean, we don't know if Drew Brees is going to be back. but Oh, he, he'll um, be back. I, that's what you say, but that's not that's not, that's not not set in stone yet. And, that's not what, and everybody don't necessarily feel as strongly about it as you do. Oh, okay. I, I feel I feel confident about it. Yeah, I'm sure, sure. Um I don't I don't know how I feel about it yet. I, I was um no, I was just uh listening to something earlier today that was saying that they weren't so sure that Drew Brees they not, you know, sold on the fact that one hundred percent Drew Brees is gonna play next year. Right. Um, you know, so You know what I think both. we should you know what I think we should do for next week's show? I think we should handicap all thirty two teams' quarterback situation. Because, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that's going to be on the move this offseason. I mean, you got Rivers. What's up? Rivers might retire, though. Yeah, might. Might. But I, I'm leaning more towards him retiring than playing for another team. No, I, I, I hear you. But my point was is that I think there, there's going to be a lot of quarterback spots changing, like, more so than we've ever seen it in an offseason. Like Cam, well, let let's well maybe maybe we should do this now. <laughs> maybe maybe we should do this now. How um, fast can you do it? What's up? I say, how fast can you do it? Because I mean, we kind of in the middle of a Super Bowl recap. Okay, I'm well, the shits. I'm just saying. All right. Well, huh. I, th- I well I'll, let me just throw some names out there for you. Okay. Philip Rivers. Retired. Tom Brady. He'll be somewhere. Cam Newton. I think he'll be gone somewhere else. Uh, Derek Carr. Um, I don't have a reason to believe that he's going to be gone, or I don't. I, don't, I just, you know, I, I don't have an opinion on him. Sure, sure. Um, I'm trying to think. A uh, Jameis. Um, he'll probably still be there, to be honest. Tannehill. He's a free agent. They. I, I read reports that they're trying to keep him. They're making it. There. Okay, and I think it's safe to say Mario is not going to be in Tennessee. Sure, and I don't even, and, and to be honest, I don't even respect Mario as a starting quarterback anymore. I don't know that he's going to be a starting quarterback next year. 
I would I wouldn't give up on him just yet. I I, I need I need to see I need to see him in another system before I could definitely say okay, he's had a second shot. It's just not going so well. This guy might be a backup, you know, in the immediate future. I see him as a backup. I don't I don't I don't, I don't see. I mean, and I and, and I, I I gladly be wrong, but um, I don't I don't see him in that starting capacity anymore. And I get that he's more talented than probably some of the people that would be starting. Yep. Um. But I don't see him in a starting capacity anymore. Yep. So that's seven quarterbacks that I just named right there. And again, it's not so much that guys are retiring. It's also more so that there's guys that are free agents. And we don't know if these teams are going to resign these guys or they're going to tender them, put the tag on them or what. Or what. But I mean, you're only talking about, it sounds like you're only talking about that Prescott. As far as what? Dak Prescott is the only person that's that's like do do like Dak Prescott is do do right right but I'm but but some of the guys I mentioned are also free agents also yeah but like Ryan I mean like Ryan Tannehill like he a free agent but I'm not I'm not sold that he's gonna stay in Tennessee though especially especially if they're gonna pay Derrick Henry well I've already heard reports that they plan on keeping him and and it's not like they don't gotta break the bank for uh, Ryan Tannehill. They, they ain't gonna have no problem paying Derrick Henry. But sure, they're not even gonna pay. They, he'd be lucky to get twenty twenty million. Sure, he'd be lucky to get twenty million. Sure, yeah, that's, that's 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 gonna be easy. Sure, but I'm 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 still not sold yet. But but uh, but bottom line is, I think there's a lot of questions at the quarterback spots for more teams than I think we've ever seen in in the off season. I mean, I didn't yeah, even I didn't I, I didn't even mention the the Miami situation, and I know Fitzpatrick came out and said he wants to come back, but I, I don't I, I I'm not sold that Fitzpatrick's going to be the starter next season. You think they're going to make a big? But you think they're going to make a big quarterback like like a big name quarterback? Uh, the Dolphins. Yeah, they could draft Tua. Okay, well, drafting and picking up a big quarterback is two different things. But and but it, but it still goes but it still goes along with my point of there's a lot of questions at the quarterback spot for a lot of teams this off season more so than any other off season that I could remember. Okay, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I get you. I don't necessarily see it that way. Um, I mean, you're talking about the Bengals. Um, who are who clearly they're gonna draft uh Burrow. Yep. Uh, the Dolphins that who are probably gonna end up drafting um uh the boy you just mentioned Tua, Tua mm-hmm. and the Chargers who are probably gonna end up drafting uh Herbert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, for, I forgot hey, Jalen Hurts coming out too? I'm not sh- I'm not sure. Oh, okay. But yeah, man. it's gonna be a lot and of that's only, and I, I'm only basing that per Tommy Shay's mock draft that just came out the other day. So I'm only basing it per that. I'm not Right. You know, right, right. And then I didn't even mention Teddy Bridgewater and I know he's a backup for the Saints, but I hear a lot of people saying, yo, Teddy Bridgewater's a starter in the league. Somebody I mean, there's teams that could use a quarterback. I mean, can can could you see Bridgewater in Tampa if they decide they don't want to pay Jameis Winston? And maybe want to go cheaper with Bridgewater. I could see something like that happening. Uh, I I don't see that happening. Um, not not 
I don't see that happening. No, I I I would see them keeping James before they pick up Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not making that prediction per se. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I I get what you I get where you're going. I just don't see that it's that deep. I think we can make. I think we can make. I think every single year we can make cases for quarterbacks um, based off the speculation. But I don't think there's so much concrete quarterback movement that's going to happen. Yeah, there's year. nothing concrete. I mean, there's there's nothing concrete. I mean, I think, I think there's. I think there's teams that, and I and like I said, I think we can do this exercise next week on the show. But there's definitely teams that you're going to go into the off scene and saying that guy's going to be the starter. Like a hundred percent. I think we got more. I think we got more answers this year than we have questions. At quarterback, based on what the thirty-two based teams, how, based on who's available in the pool, and based on how quarterbacks performed last year and contracts, I think we got way more way more answers about who's going to start than questions about who's about you know somebody taking those reins. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll discuss it next week. But get let's get back to the Super Bowl for a minute. And um so the play for you, you said was the uh the deep bomb to Emmanuel I, Sanders. I just I'm missing it, yeah, but I mean I don't necessarily want to talk about and you know, that was the play for me, but if you wanna talk about kinda like um like the turning point. Or not even a turning point. I mean we I, I think we covered that, but for me like and I, yeah, this is about to be a Jimmy Garoppolo ragging session, but it's uh, but it's um, it's fine. Let's rag um, on Jimmy Garoppolo. Cause it's cause it's like this, man. Um, he deserves some of the blame. I, I mean, I think he been tried. I think he deserves majority of the blame. But um, him, but him first and Cal Shanahan second, but definitely um, Jimmy Garoppolo, man. Because it's see, here's the thing. Um, you know, San Fran did a very good job at, um, at least in the first half, I'm sorry, San Fran did a very good job of, um, taking, uh, taking the Chiefs defensive approach early out of the game, Mm -hmm. meaning they thought they were going to just load up on the running game, um, like they did with Derrick Henry, and no matter who, who was handed the ball, they were going to be able to load up and stop the run, but they immediately, you know, did the tricky jet sweeps and, yep. you know, those types of things early to try to, all right, now nah, y'all got to play us honest right now. Yep. And from the jump, when you say that, okay, now y'all got to play us honest, that's why the running game um, opened up, and that's why uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had opportunities to make throws that he weren't that he wasn't making. Um Cal Shanahan put together a plan like he knew exactly what Kansas City was going to do in initial, you know, starting off with this game mm-hmm. and decided, you know what, let me go ahead and, and, and get these folks honest, run some jet sweeps that were productive with um, uh, Debo Samuel. Yeah, that was mad productive. And get, yeah, and get them and get them thinking about, oh, man, we got to account for that. So now we got to change our fork. We can't just load put eight in the box and expect somebody to come in between the tackles. We can't do that no more. Yeah. So, um, so they do that. And now it's like, that's why you saw the move. You saw the movement. You saw them doing things. 
But every seem like every time they got a little bit of pressure, Jimmy Garoppolo did something crazy, like closed his eyes and threw the ball in the air for Bashad Breeland to pick off. You know what I'm saying? Right. The the two handed throw he did in the second half. Um, you know, that terrible when he missed Kittles terribly on a third down, I wanna mm-hmm. say it was. Um I don't I don't fault him for the the two handed pass per se. I mean he was already wrapped up at that point. Um if you wanna criticize the decision to actually get rid of the ball, I'm with you, but as far as like the whole two hand technique to, you know, try to make something happen, I'm 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 not gonna he closed his eyes though, bro. I'm not he what's up? His eyes, bro. He closed his eyes. Yeah, well hey. You can't close your eyes and throw the ball. You can't do that. Sure. Well, sure. Again, that's why I'm saying I'm not going to criticize him for, you know, throwing the, you know, the two-touch pass, per se. But, um... No, I, I'm, I am... But I'm, what I'm saying is I am blaming him for that. Because it'd be one thing if he, right, right out of bushy tail, threw it to the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, he closed his eyes and threw the ball because he was under pressure. And he was... He knew he needed to get rid of it. But it wasn't a... It wasn't a... Uh... 100% yeah, I gotta make something happen. That was that was the. You know, I gotta get rid of the ball. He wasn't trying to make nothing happen. He was trying to get so he, he wouldn't take the sack. I get that. Yeah, but it, it to me it was more so he was trying to make something happen. I mean, it's it's the it's the waning it's the waning moments of the game, it's and prayer. it's on the line. But it's a prayer though. Sure, prayer or not, he was trying to no, make no, something no, happen. But there's a difference between making a logical football play and making a and doing a prayer football play. He closed his eyes like he was saying a prayer to God that he don't take this set. That don't mean he, he wasn't could, trying to make something happen. Well, he was. No, but what I'm saying is that you're saying that you're not judging him for that. I'm judging it. I'm judging him by it because of his intent. His intent was, I hope something goes wrong. That I can make this happen. Right, and I'm and I'm judging it by the fact that he was already wrapped up in a situation, which was the reason why he used two hands to throw the ball the way he did. He used two I, hands because he was holding on to the ball, not trying to fumble. He wasn't trying to throw it with two hands. But he did, though. He did. Well, I don't understand. I, 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 don't, I don't get what you're saying. I'm, I'm saying he threw the ball with two hands because he was already wrapped up. In the position he was wrapped up in. Now you could point okay. to the fact that he was he closed his eyes and just made something you know silly. And I agree. I thought it was a dumb decision to even throw it. You know, period. I I thought it was a dumb decision. But at the end of the day, he was already wrapped up. Um, it was toward the end of the game, and you know, I I I don't know what's in that man's head, but if I had to guess. He he was trying to make something happen. It was toward the when end you of say the game. Make something happen. What do you mean by make something happen? Hoping like, that like, somebody was at the point where he threw that ball and that they can make some it? that they can make something happen. But alright, so you blame you don't blame him for that. But I'm not saying it's logical. I'm not saying he thought logically. I'm just saying it's the moment in the game where this is it. If I don't make this throw, if I don't make this play, I'm wrapped up and now I got to, you know, I got a second or two to make a decision and it just so happens he did he did what he did. And maybe thought for a split second, hey, so, I I got to I got to make this decision, I got to make this happen. 
it is what it is. What's the difference between what's between what's the difference between when he closed his eyes and threw the interception, and and when he closed his eyes and threw the two handed football outside of the fact that it was outside of the fact that it was an interception. I don't, there's really no difference when it comes to the moment really of the game. No difference, right? Huh? Right. So my my point is is that my point is is that is that you can't you can't make those like you can't make those types of mistakes. You just can't. You just can't. I make agree. You can't agree. Do those like, you can't do those types of things and then be like I, I forget where I forget where we went initially with this point why we got here, but. I, I think what I'm saying at the end of the day is, is that Jimmy Garoppolo, um, um, Jimmy Garoppolo is, is trash, and uh, <laughs> and it's, it's it's really no no other way to slice it. I can't really remember. I, I know we were somewhere specifically, and I lost that thought. But I know when when I said we was about to rag on Jimmy Garoppolo, it was coming to the intent of that he's trash. And um, again, I'm not saying. Get rid of him and all that. Uh, maybe I'm just saying he got some growing to do. But as of right now, um, when they when they put him in a situation when my, when Kyle Shanahan put him in and put the team the offense in a situation where oh all right we're not going just we got to play honest we can't load up we can't um, we got to be able to play the 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 run the pass and whatever else come you know we got to play honest. Those, there were opportunities where Jimmy Garoppolo should have made plays and he wasn't able to make plays. And then whenever the pressure came, he did something like that. Yeah, which is a, I mean, which is a lot of quarterbacks. And like you said, I'm not gonna, you know, go out and say, oh, he's got to get traded. They got to move on from the guy. All this means is he's just got to work in the off season, bro. He, he, he's got that? he's got mad work to do. Did you hear Sammy Watkins' comments about what? About the about the Ryan uh, the Richard Sherman play? Uh, no. Okay, so <clears throat> so when he beat when he burned Richard Sherman on the um on the thirty eight yard bomb. Yep. Um, he said that he knew that he had Richard Sherman beat based off of a play that uh a play from the San Francisco Green Bay game where uh Devontae Adams. Devon- beat him on the inside release. Yeah. It had, it had Richard Sherman spent around. Yeah. Um, he said that he knew in that moment when he had him one-on-one that that's how he was going to beat him. And um, obviously that's how he beat him because Richard Sherman was lost. Oh, yeah. He was burnt toast. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He definitely was. But it was based off of uh, um, off of that inside release. He um, he ran inside of him and came out. Yep, and had and um and had uh Richard Sherman in the spin cycle, and um, you know, there you go. But I thought you had I thought you had um read that. Um, nah. thoughts? Any thoughts on that particular comment that from Sammy Watkins? Play, that was that was also a big play in that in that second scoring drive where you know yep. they needed something big to bring that momentum back, and you know, burning the biggest you know you know their best corner. For thirty-eight yards, that was big. That was big. That 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 yeah. definitely was a big play. Um, I'll I'll go back to the and and this is just particularly on defense. I'll go I'll go back to the third and fifteen where I just thought from that moment on the defense just had no answers 
after that point. Like, I can't even think of one really positive, good play that the defense made after that conversion. It was the Kelsey touchdown. Then they got back on the field after the three and out, and they got and they got scored on again. Right, right. It it, it fell apart after they couldn't get off the field on third and fifteen. Um, so, I mean, we could. I mean, I could point to so many different reasons for you know who lost the game, who do you blame, and you know what's the pecking order. But for me, if I had to rank it. I'd have to go Kyle Shanahan one, Garoppolo two, and the defense for not making that play on third and fifteen, number three. And you know, and I and I get that you're a player. You got to make the throws when it's necessary in the moments of the game. And it's not like he hadn't done it previously. It's just that this moment was a bigger moment than it was in the regular season, and he just didn't come through. Um, and I think a part of that though, Maestro was. Chris Jones making a pretty good play. And I think somebody else had a batted ball as well. I think more so Kansas City's defense, you know, made made some plays here and there. Um, I heard, I don't know if you heard this, but Tyron Matthew came out and was like, yo, we were so glad that they stopped running the football on us. Because he knew, he knew if the Niners had kept that formula going, that it was going to be some problems toward the end of that game. Or, or they would have went back to their original game plan and put eight in the box and there and Jimmy G to throw the ball. See that's see that's the thing. Like and I and look, San Fran running game is a one. We we know it. Yeah. But so was the Tennessee Titans, and 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 they shut it down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying so. Yeah. So I'm not saying so. I'm not saying I, I get and sure. I I think I, I think you know. Uh, you know, you and, you know, a lot, you know, that I think people were taking that like they didn't believe they could stop him if they kept running the ball. I believe he was saying that it would have been more difficult for them to secure the win if they ran the ball. Sure. And I and I get you know the other and I get the other side of it where if you go, we're going to run first down, we're going to run second down and then we'll throw on third down and you don't convert that third down. Then I could see the other criticism on the other side where they say, oh, they got conservative. I could see that criticism, you know, coming to light as well. But bottom line for me is that you do what got you here. If you're going to go down, then go down doing what you, you know, got to get there. Don't go down doing something that you know you're not successful at doing. Well, not so much that they're not successful at doing. Again, if he had made an accurate throw or, you know what I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. or, or Chris Jones hadn't jumped or, you know what I'm saying, or put his hands up, whatever he did, we would be having a different conversation about the play calling and the quarterback. Mm-hmm. We would have a different conversation, but I think we also, and in particular the Chiefs, I think they would have did clear, this too. Agree. They would have tipped their cap to Jimmy G and be like, all right, we did you to throw the football. You did what you, you did. All right, we salute. No problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and again, we agree on the fact that he should have. I agree. I would If that were me in that situation, I would have ran the ball on second and five. Yep. Um, I would have ran the ball more in that game period. Yep. Um, if I were the San Francisco 49ers. But, again, I do believe that Kansas City 
based on what they were doing, were mm-hmm. putting them in situations where Cal Shanahan said, oh, man, we may be able to get one off on them. We mm-hmm. might be able to open this game up yep. and make this, uh, you know what I'm saying, and put the and put the, the knife in the back, the nail in the coffin. Yep. You know what yep. I'm saying? So, yep. Yep. You know what yeah, saying? they had a couple of plays like that. Um, Going back to the first half toward the end where they threw the deep ball to Kittle and that got called back because Kittle had the yeah. – uh, the offensive PI, which right. I thought was a little bit soft. I, right. I would have been okay if they didn't call that. Like, I didn't think it was as blatant as I don't think they called it either. people made it out to be. You know what I mean? So, I think everybody agrees that they shouldn't have been called. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was soft, if you ask me. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. not like, it's not like the Chiefs defender couldn't still run after him. Like, you saw the replay where he had his arm out and he did like push off, but the Chiefs player kept running after him, well, like he I, like he like I he didn't slow down or anything like that. I under, the way I understood it was is that the referees may have had, had a um, a preconceived notion to not call offensive. I mean, not the, uh, to not let that call get missed like they did in the Cal Rudolph situation against the Saints. Yep. Um, that was the same staff that didn't call it um, in the uh, Vikings New Orleans game. Mm. Oh, good, so, good catch! I didn't, I didn't know yeah, that. Uh, yeah. So my understanding is, is that they were not going to let that be, um, you know, a, a talking point, you know, in the Super Bowl coverage the next day. So that's why they made the call. Or no. that may be the reason why they made the call. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, there's that. I'm, I, I, I don't know how much I don't know how much more you got left in the Super Bowl. I know we're about to run out of IG Live time. I was gonna um, say, man, I, I want to kind of reset the show a little bit here, but let me uh, just shout out uh, Sports Outside the Box in our IG chat. Also, Ron McClam. We yeah. got the Ball Strikers in here. Choose No One Forty Two. We got H Rap B. Big Kev Three Hundred Three. Appreciate everybody in the chat here. So um, yeah, so I'm gonna just take a quick break here. We'll shut down the IG Live, and then we'll come back on another IG Live segment right into the show. So, uh, you're listening to the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast what live. Else got, what else you got to talk about? What's up? I was going to ask you, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I wanted to know what, you, what else you had on your, on your docket. I want to get into a couple things. Um, we had a couple okay. players retire, and... I want to get into this Andre Iguodala situation with the Grizzlies. Gotcha. So that's all I got on the docket. So, um, all right, right, folks, it's the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast live on IG Live and BarbershopSportsTalkPodcast.com. We're going to take a quick break real quick and come right back and, um, you know, get the second half of the show started. So, again, it's Trey Frazier, Maestro Styles here. Uh, Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. We'll be right back.
Alright y'all, welcome back It's the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast Live on BarbershopSportsTalkPodcast.com Also live on Instagram At Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast Maestro Styles and Trey Frazier here in the house uh, Just a couple shout outs too Also in the uh, chat on BarbershopSportsTalkPodcast.com We got Miss Mocha Bella We got DJ Period We also got the man RC we got What's Kia, that? we got Professor X, a.k.a. Kesey, repping the X-Squad. So we appreciate everybody here in the chat, in both chat rooms for that matter. Um, so this whole thing with um, Andre Iguodala, right? So just to kind of set the story, you know, just to set it up real quick. So the Grizzlies are having one of the more surprising basketball seasons right now. Uh, yeah. twenty-five and twenty-five on the season. I think they're the number eight seed, number eight seed yeah. in the, in the West right now, and it's really all because of Ja Morant. Um, um clearly the rookie of the other, year. Yeah, definitely. But that other, they got some other cats contributing though. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. No guy. question about it. Yeah. No, no, no question about it. I, I, I just think Ja Morant is sort of the engine that's kind of stirring that team right now. I don't know where they'd be without that guy. I mean, he's he's playing he's playing some pretty good basketball right now, and I don't know who the coach is. I haven't watched a lot of. Um, yeah, that's a damn shame we don't know who that coach is. Yeah, I, 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 he should be recognized right now. He should be. He he should be. And and I haven't watched a lot of Grizzlies games, but I've definitely paid attention to some highlights and everything. I know this nigga dunking on somebody every time. See, like every time I turn on Sports Center, he dunking somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So. Clearly, he's the rookie of the year, and and really, it should be unanimous. Um, well, uh, you, you, well, you know, you already know what's happening right this second. This nigga ain't played ten games yet, and they already talking about. Well, let, let's wait to see what Zion do. Sure, I I I just take more stock into playing every game, and John Morant, maybe minus a couple games here and there, ha, has done that. A lot more than Zion has, but I I, I feel you Zion, with the Zion thing. What would Zion have to do in, to change your mind in the second half of the, of the season? Um, I tell you what, and 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 I and I guess this kind of falls in line a little bit with the MVP, but I think I there's something about coming back, and I, and I guess in this case, you know, starting for the first time in the regular season, first time in your career. And kind of willing a basketball team into a playoff spot, which is still possible with the Pelicans. I mean, I know they're like under 500, but if the Pelicans did something crazy to where they racked off a number of games in a row and got that eighth seed or that seventh seed, I, I would take some consideration into giving it to Zion Williamson. Okay. I, I, w- I would do that. So getting to Andre Iguodala, right? So. The Warriors trade him because they don't want to pay him the salary. They trade him to the Grizzlies in the offseason. And there was some kind of mutual agreement that he was going to sit out. They would get him out of there. That they would, that they would get him up out of there, right. Yeah. It's February 4th, and the dude is still on the roster. He hasn't played a game. Yeah. And you see this nigga on TV. I saw him on a couple of instances on TV doing some commentating. And, you know, you got the young boys on the Grizzlies all, you know, all tight about it. Like, yo, like, 
you know, you could be helping out this team right now. Like you, the like right. you, the veteran right now. Right. Like we 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 balling out. So, so just to kind of give you how I feel about the situation. Number one, I do not blame players like John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., who I forgot was on that team, who's also you know helped contribute to that team, and a few other young boys. I think Dylan Brooks said something yeah, too about who, this. Dylan Brooks was the guy who was with with John Morant in the. Right, right. I don't blame those players one bit for coming out and saying what they're saying about Iguodala because they're right. They could use a veteran presence on that team right now like an Andre Iguodala. They they could use that right now. And the fact that they're 500 and in the eighth seed in the West, that has to say something. I mean, Iguodala might propel them to a seventh or sixth seed. They might they might be a little over five hundred with Andre Iguodala on the floor. Who knows? Who knows? Um on the flip side though, right? This guy's got three rings. This guy's got a finals MVP attached to his name. He, the guy wants the the guy is about winning. Um you could say that hey he's earned the right to do what he wants to do, and you know, and and that's and that's cool. That that that's cool. If you if if he feels like you know what, I'm I'm not gonna play because I want to be on a contender. Then that then fine. Cool, What's up? That shit, ain't cool. that shit ain't cool. It's not cool. And and again, I get it from the young player's perspective. Um, if I'm the Grizzlies <laughs> though, if if I'm the Grizzlies organization, don't I gotta you know end this? Some way, somehow, even if it means you gotta cut him and just dump why the salary. Think, why, you, why you think he's still? A, why you think he's still on the uh, on the, on the Grizzlies roster? I, I have no idea. I'm gonna I'm be honest you with think, you. I I, I don't do know. Think, do you think maybe his trade stock ain't high, so they gotta try to find little ways to finagle the deal because don't nobody really want old washed up ass Andre Iguodala. And I'm sure the Grizzlies have called teams and was like, "Hey, we want." A number one or a number two for Iguodala. Yeah, I'm sure they've done that. So all year about possible trading situations where he could go and a team he can go. Like now it's the Rockets. It's the Rockets this week. Yeah, it's like look. Here's the thing. Um, you are a three-time champion and a Finals MVP and all that is great. Mm -hmm. You are at the end of you are the end cap of your career. Yep. Why not take this time, whether you get to make it to another team or not, whether you get traded or not, why not take this time to invest some invest some young players? You're not in a situation where you're about to be winning a chip and you're going to be a major contributor to it. Mm-hmm. If he goes to the Rockets, he's not going to be a major contribution to why the Rockets win the finals if they win the finals, which they, you know, I don't have them winning it. Right. The only, only teams he could go to and get a chip is the teams that are in the running, the Bucks, the Lakers, those types of teams. But yep. I, look, he's not going to be a major contribution. He's going to be a wing defender and a guy that that, that uh you know gets you gets you ten every now and then, and that's going to be the the, the the gist of it. I'm not saying yep. he's not needed somewhere. He's not useful somewhere. But you damn sure could be useful in Memphis. And it's very clear to me if they told you when it happened in the summer that we were going to deal you. Yep. And you haven't been dealt yet. 
that maybe it don't nobody want your ass unless the unless the unless the money right or unless the trade is right. So now they gotta try to find ways to make three team and four team trades yeah. to get you to get you somewhere. And you're probably gonna at the end of the day not gonna end up on a on a on a championship contending team where you're gonna have the opportunity to contribute like you contribute in that MVP year. Those days are over, man. You got a young boy and some young boys that's balling right now. Yeah. They're balling right now. And they don't need you. No, they don't need you. But could they stay in a couple of locker room stories about how to present themselves and how to do it in this situation mm-hmm. and some you know, some on court like like what are you doing, bro? Like you got you got these young boys real life not liking you right now. So that means not only are you not playing games, but you're not even interested and in the locker room, I like. Are you even coming to the locker room? What like? What are you? You're not spending no time with these young boys, but you're getting a paycheck. Though. And they're winning, and that's the crazy thing about it. They're winning games. <laughs> they, yeah, they're in a they're that. in a playoff spot right now. Yeah, I don't respect that. I don't understand it. I don't respect it. It's it, it, it's not. Nah, it's just not cool. That's not cool. That's not fly shit, dog. You at the end of your career, and I respect players. Who at the end of their careers, and maybe you don't realize you at the end of career, but if you don't realize it, I tell you, and maybe one day you'll hear it. You at the end of your career, bro. And and you know who else? And, and you know who else doesn't realize that he's at the end of his career? The Memphis Grizzlies, because if it was me, I would have just cut the guy and just eat the salary. Because no, I disagree with that. Because there is value you can give for Andre Iguodala. There is something you can give Andre Iguodala. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is, but at the, I mean, so it's, Febu- it's February 4th. It's February 4th. and So you wait to the trade deadline and then you cut him. If you can't trade him off, I get that. You cut him. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do with him at that point. But why Why are you just saying, all right, you ain't got to play. You ain't got to do nothing. That's what I, if I got a slight with the Grizzlies, it's that. Like, you just going to let him just... That's where that and and that's where the Grizzlies come at fault here. Not only are you just letting them, but you saying cut them. I'm saying no, don't cut them. Yeah, no, I'm saying I'm saying you try all the avenues to try to get some value for the guy, and it's been fifty damn games already in a season, and it seems to me, and again, I don't know who they've been talking to on the phone and all that stuff, but it sounds to me like. They were just more willing to pay a guy just to sit on the damn bench, and if that's the case, then damn it, I'm in the wrong profession, bro. Cause I I would love to just you know get paid and not do a damn thing myself. No, you in the right profession, bro. You ain't you ain't you ain't Andre Andre you die with nice or oh, at one point nice. I damn sure ain't got his money. Yeah, um, but yeah, man, Andre you could die with man. Like you, you're sitting around doing nothing, collecting a check, and I, I, I guess when I say that out loud, I ain't mad at a nigga getting paid for sitting down. But at the same time, um, these young boys got a right to be upset. And the Memphis Grip, if you're gonna be mad at anybody, um, for real, it's the Grizzlies. It's, it's the like, Grizzlies. I'm, if I'm John Morant, if I'm Dylan, Dylan Brooks, if I'm Jaron Jackson, if I'm these guys that's in here contributing, I'm like, why is this nigga in here getting a paycheck? We could we, we either get the trade done. Yep. Get it done. Get it done. And yeah. I get, get it done. Even if you, even if it means you get a fourth round pick for the guy. Get it done. I mean, get it damn done. Like y'all playing games, y'all playing these games where he's sitting here and he's getting paid. He's yeah. getting paid. 
Yeah. You know all those I mean, rumors, I'm... though, in the beginning of the season where it was possible that the Lakers might be in on his services. You heard all that stuff, and then you noticed how it just died down. Because they wasn't really interested. Just just like at that. Least for the mo- at least not for the money you think he's going to get. Yeah, right. At least for that. What, $17 million, right? I don't know. I don't. I didn't know what he was asking for, but mm-hmm. no. No. Yeah, I I, I heard that I heard that ballpark figure out there being thrown out there seventeen million dollars. Yeah, nobody's paying Andre Iguodala seventeen million dollars. Not at thirty six years old, anyway. Nah, bro. Sorry. You know, it's funny. I I I just thought about his former team, right? The Sixers, right? And you know they just got blown out by the Heat last night by like thirty something points. I think at one point they were down by like thirty five points. Um, yeah, Jimmy. When the story about shit, did they let go of the wrong person? Yeah, yeah, I've 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 heard about that too. Um, it's a reach, but not a reach to me. What if Iguodala? What if Iguodala went back to Philly? For what? Uh, <laughs> it'll be nostalgia. <laughs> it'll be it'll be for nostalgia, and it'll at least be. Some kind of a change, because God knows the Sixers are not having the season that everyone expected them to have. Yeah, but then, I don't think that ain't about to change that. We just got to finish saying that he has, he's not going to make any realistic contribution to any team. Production-wise, no, but you get you get a... You get a sports-wise. I'm talking about basketball-wise, period. No, I, I know, I'm just, but in my opinion, if you get a guy for nostalgia and... You know the guy could still defend. I mean, let's be honest, and I, and I get that defense is not their problem in Philadelphia, but I mean, is he going to hurt the team? Is he going to is he going to make them worse than what they are now? What's up? For seventeen million dollars, he is. Well, well, I mean, when you talk about the money, certain, and I guess they got to work that out. You know, whenever that time comes, but. I don't know. I that that just I I thought about the Sixers because they got blown out last night. It was his former team. They would have still got blown out that night. I'm 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 reaching. I'm I'm reaching they, for yeah, something. They, they definitely would have still got blown out that night. And by the maybe way, by ben twenty. Simmons, maybe not by thirty. Maybe by, by twenty. Way, by the way, Ben Simmons still ain't got no jumper. We knew so, that. <laughs> I gotta, nah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, he's taking three pointers, but I don't think that equates to him having a jumper all of a sudden. No, I mean, the point is that um, he's he. Yeah, I'm sorry, he's a disappointment to me at this yeah, point. Yeah, these niggas got to stop really, it, man. And really, and really, to to a lesser extent, Embiid has been a disappointment, but that's another topic. Um, so. Um, did like you that. know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you know Embiid had a scoreless game this past season? This season no, so far? Yeah, no, yeah, he, the, the nigga actually went scoreless in the game this season. Yeah, I, the, sorry, it, the, I, you know, this is not a championship team, and it should be, on paper at least, it should be. Yeah. Yeah. They don't so, have a wing, uh, though. Huh? They To me, they don't have that wing player, like, Jimmy Butler was that guy, if you ask me, from last year, and, and he's down in Miami, so, gonna, they don't have no, no out, they don't have no dog on their team, they don't have not near a dog on their team, they don't have a dog, they don't have a guy that you could say, That's gonna take over again. give me, the, right, right, 
Give me the ball. They don't have no, don't have no real shooters. Yep. Yeah. They let one go. They let J.J. Redick walk. <laughs> I'm not necessarily mad at that, but now you don't got no shooters. Yeah. So well, I mean, he could he could have came off the bench. I mean, we we've had a conversation about oh, yeah, yeah. J.J. Redick like, in the past. He should have been starting when he was starting. Right. Right. He shouldn't be starting, but. I would have liked for them to keep him, you know, coming off the bench. I mean, that'll be instant offense coming off the bench. Yeah, but he was getting like eighteen million when he was starting, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't, yeah and he was he averaging about seventeen points a game too. Yeah, right. So right. you you just don't let that kind of production walk out the door like that. <laughs> um. So I feel like I should bring some some light to this because via our chat room the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody posted about uh, Jamel Hill responding to a ghost account who was allegedly Nick Ghost. I'm uh, Nick Ghost. Nick Bosa mm-hmm. um, spreading uh, Kobe rhetoric, Kobe jokes on a ghost platform where she called it out. Mm-hmm. And the story hasn't been getting any headlines, so I feel it's only right. I went and followed, um, or went and found that account on Twitter. Uh huh. Um, that is suspended as of right now, and the people who put out the article, I forget their names. Okay. Um, but um, essentially, they was out there putting um, like a little Kobe, little memes, little fun, little right. Be funny about the dude when he just died. Yep. And um, like him, like like the Washington Post lady who was fired, the MSNBC person who was fired, yep. and that comedian who shouldn't get a show again in his life. Yep. Um. Uh. If Nick Bosa is doing this, um, it's it's. I feel like it's my business to say you're a trifling, racist nigga that I don't fuck with, and um, I just need I just needed that to be said. I needed that to be on record that um that if that's emphatically what he's doing, it it should be highlighted, and um, you know, it's my platform, so. That's me. That's me putting it out there. So let me get this. So let me get this straight. So this was a Twitter burner account. Am, am I getting that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the information that he posted that was something from uh, another source. No. So what Nick Bosa? Yeah. So they're saying that this is Nick Bosa. Because nobody else famous follows this Twitter person mm-hmm. except for Nick Bosa. Okay. Um, Nick Bosa. Um, then this this account posted those jokes, and then you see Nick Bosa liking it, and nobody yep. else, you know, famous or you know what I'm saying. Yep. There, there's, and he didn't even have a lot of followers, so it was like, you know, less than 200 followers, but then Nick Bosa follows it. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's, right. That's suspect behavior. That's what makes people believe that it was a ghost account. So, um, Jamel, so Jamel Hill, I'm guessing, well, Jamel Hill retweeted and another account who saw this and said, you know, this is Nick Bosa using a ghost account to, um, you know, throw slander at Kobe name. Yeah. And uh, Jamel clapped back at that Twitter account, um, you know, or something to the effect of Nick Bosa, you know, being a racist and all that. And my thing is, is that, look, um, so when I saw it on the ghost chat, I mean, on the ghost chat, on the group chat, mm-hmm. um, on ABM's group chat, um, I, you know, I went and looked it up and I'm like, for me, it's like this, man. Hey, hey, bro, you ain't got to hide behind no burner account, man. If you got something to say, 
Say what you got to say and stop being pussy. Because I don't, I don't like, like, stand behind it. If, you, if you're going to make a statement like that, stand behind it, bruh. Don't, 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 don't be no sucker. Stand behind it. Mean, say what you mean and mean what you say. Well, the conclusion I get out of that is that's his character. Um, I remember when he got drafted, I remember some of the tweets, old tweets that people pulled up from Nick Bosa and he erased them. So obviously he didn't want to stand by, and he probably does in his mind still stand by those tweets, but he he didn't want to leave those tweets kind of hanging out there for his brand or whatnot. Um, this situation here further proves to me that this is this dude's character. That fuck Nick, fuck, and, and I, I don't want to stretch it out, but I did want to make sure that we highlighted it because um, it should be highlighted. Fuck Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa. Oh, we if we want to do that, then let's let's oh, let's go to the family. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's extend it to the Bosa I don't know, family. I don't know what the family did. I, I, I don't know what the family did. I know what Nick and Joey Bosa have posted on Twitter. Fuck both of y'all. Hey. They got raised by somebody, right? I'm not going to make no assumptions. See, I, I want to be clear in my slander. See, when you, I'm not going to attack the whole, I don't, I, I can certainly assume what they do and who they are as people. That I don't read their tweets. I read sure. Nick and Joey Bosa's tweets. Sure. Specifically, fuck you, Nick and Joey Bosa. Sure. And, I, and I'm going to say they was raised by somebody with the with the same last name. And, I, and I'll and i just mean, leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. I hear you. I'm saying I'm only going to speak on what I know. What I know is I hear you. They done said some bullshit on on Twitter and fuck both of y'all. I don't give a fuck how good defensive ends y'all are. Fuck both of y'all. So, I, I guess because I'm a Knicks fan, I, I guess I got to talk about Steve Mills getting fired earlier today. Um, my my thoughts on that. Um, it had to happen, man. Um, you know, I, I, I was all for Perry and Mills and Fisdale when they were trying to, you know, start something brand new and, you know, trying to, you know, get this team back to, you know, some relevancy. Um, the problem I have is, is that you got Marcus Morris who's balling right now, right? He's, he's balling. Um, the Knicks aren't going anywhere. There's no playoffs. There's no eight seed, even though the bottom of the East is still bad. But it's so much worse that we're bad and we can't even compete for the eight spot in the Eastern Conference. Um, the fact that the Knicks are so sold on still wanting to keep Marcus Morris on the roster for the rest of the year when this dude has had his best year ever in his career. Ever. That's trade bait right there. If I'm the Knicks, I got I got to I got to get a sec at least a second round pick for Marcus Morris. At least a second round pick. The dude is balling this year. So, are you telling me He and, he and has so trade value. You trade you trade a nigga while he's hot. You don't you know you you don't think you don't think contenders could use Marcus Morris on their roster right now? Of course they could. But Okay then. So so why are we acting like he has no trade value? <laughs> I'm not saying he don't have no trade value, but I feel like, you know, 
you know what I feel like this is, and I told, and and I, and, and I knew I should have said it when when y'all didn't get no free agents in this summertime. Uh huh. I, I and I should have said it then. Um. <laughs> don't act like we're trying to rebuild a team now, because when y'all had the opportunity to read to bring in the free agents that would have changed this whole fortune of this team. Nobody was mad, or let me say nobody. Let me not say nobody. You weren't mad when they didn't pull KD or Kyrie or or hell even Kimball Walker or or these these uh, free agents that were available, right? And under the pretense that y'all built a bunch of y'all built a roster with a bunch of young boys who can grow and become better. Mm, that wasn't so, my premise. That wasn't that okay. that that me, wasn't my premise. premise if you if you remember. I said that I like the contracts that they signed these guys to. Bobby Portis, um, Alfred Payton, Marcus Morris, um, Julius Randle. I like the fact that they signed the co- that they got contracts to these guys that wasn't going to handicap the basketball team because I even knew, even before the season started, that if we don't somehow show that we're going to compete for a playoff spot, that these were going to be contracts that were going to be tradable. And now we're at the point now where that's coming to fruition. And I'm upset that they're talking about keeping Marcus Morris when this guy is having the best year of his career and the guy has trade value and you're talking about still keeping him on the roster knowing you're not going to compete for a playoff spot. What do you really think you're gonna get for Marcus Morris that's gonna change the the But it's not but it's not just but it's not just Marcus Morris. I mean it's the other players that they signed as a combination to get some assets back. So these other guys have trade value. These other guys do too. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Absolutely. Don't 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 sleep on the other teams that's trying to contend for something. I mean, you don't think the you don't think the Portland Trailblazers, and I know they just got mellow. You don't think the Trailblazers need a guy or two? Cause God knows they've been struggling all year long. I mean, I mean, come on. There's gonna be some teams out there that's gonna need some players, and it's crazy. And it's crazy because I didn't realize the deadline was coming up this week. Yeah. Like it's I know it's usually after the All Star game, but I don't know why they changed it. I just got to say, man, if you are the voice of the Knicks fan base right now, y'all are truly desperate. Desperate for what? Anything positive. Because we're talking about, we're talking about um, trying to gain, we're we're talking about trying to get value off of, like, third, maybe fourth tier players at this point of their careers. Like, 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 and I'm not saying they don't have value, but it's like. But that would, but that's what, but that's what I was saying in the beginning of the season that this was this was gonna happen. This this situation was gonna come to fruition if we weren't competing for an eight spot. And this is where we're at right now. And the dude is the dude is balling like he's never balled before. So it's like, yo, get something for this guy because. Whenever that moment comes where he stops balling, then he's not going to have no value. But y'all had so much money. (laughs) Y'all had so much money to pull in some viable, some, some 
at least second tier players to have it. Like you had enough money to bring in two or maybe three second tier players, and you'd be talking, you'd be possibly talking about with Fisdale coach, and you'd possibly be talking about an eighth spot in the East, and y'all just didn't do that. Y'all bought in a whole bunch of, and I get Julius Randle. Julius Randle was the only guy that I saw that you're not going to trade. That was the only guy I saw that you were going to keep around for at least a couple years. And I, and are you really sold on that at this point? It's just like, it's just... Well, I mean, he's been productive. I mean, uh, and granted... The team is not, I mean, it's not impacting the team in the win column, but the guy could play. So if you're okay with keeping Julius Randle, why are you not okay with keeping Marcus Moore and Marcus Morris having a career year? Because Marcus Morris is older than Julius Randle. Julius Randle is still young and sort of entering his prime in his playing career. Huh? I'm not saying that's not important. I'm not saying that's it because that's not important. I'm saying, I'm saying that to say, when, when you know, I remember having this conversation vividly. But when, when we talked about the Knicks not getting any free agents and you were saying that, you know what, I'm not even upset about it for real because they, even though they didn't get a free agent, to get any big free agents, they put together a team for less, with for cheaper, that may get an eighth seed if they play well. And now we're at a point where we got all of these, you know, cheap contracts and you're not competing and you're not competing. As a Knicks fan, if I'm a Knicks fan, all I'm thinking about is last last summer when we had the opportunity to bring in some second-tier players that would have you in this play, this AFC race. They would at least have you in this AFC race. I'm not saying you go far in the playoffs. Well, I'll be honest with you. If we'd have gotten some of those free agents, even some of those second-tier guys, my expectations would have been beyond the eighth seed. How about a number five seed, for that matter, in the Eastern Conference? But that's more more than my point. That's more than my point about why, you know, when we talked about this and you was like, you know, I'm not, and you weren't livid. But but it was more so the Kevin Durant thing because all I kept hearing before the offseason started last year, oh, Durant to the Knicks is a done deal. That that's all I kept hearing. And I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, yo, I'm not I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. Now You're not buying that he's coming or you're not buying that you want or that you're saying you didn't want him there. No, I wasn't buying that he was coming to the Knicks. Now, if you'd have asked me before the injury, do I want Kevin Durant? Hell yeah, I want Kevin Durant. But after the injury happened, I had some second thoughts. You know, it's the foot. It's the Achilles. He's seven-something tall. Like, you know, and I get he's still Kevin Durant, but, you know, the, the, the thing with the Knicks is that the Knicks have to start drafting their own guys. The bottom line is, is that the Knicks, for so many years, have tried going after free agents you saw what happened when they got Amari Stoudemire years ago after they knew that that, knew, that dude's knees was done and they still gave him that contract. Um, it, it, it didn't pan out well. So, bottom line, the Knicks have got to start using their first-round picks, not trading first-round picks away, and just stay with the draft 
and groom these guys up and develop these guys. That that's really where it starts. And I, and I thought about this, Maestro. Right. So we missed out on Zion, and obviously that's you know that's the lottery. So I mean you can't control that. We missed out on Zion. Knicks fans talk about we missed out on Kyrie. We missed out on KD. And those three players at one point in the season were on the bench, not not on the court. Could you imagine if those players were on the Knicks, what the narrative would be? Niggas would be like, oh, it's the same old Knicks. The Knicks have bad luck. It's, you know, it, it would have been it would have been so much negativity out there about the Knicks because it's the Knicks. Like the, like the Nets, like the Nets are sliding by right now. Like Kyrie has played what, 20 games this year and he's hurt now. He got hurt in the DC. Only, um the only difference the only difference is is that y'all could have been y'all could be y'all could be out of the playoff right. Y'all, y'all could be in the same position y'all are right now. But have Kyrie and Kevin Durant on your team, and nobody is. It's not. It's, they're not. They're not looking at it as the same old Knicks because they know what's happening when Kyrie and KD are coming back. Oh well, That's they won't look at it when those guys come back. I'm saying while those guys not, aren't on no. the court, that right. that no, would have no, been no. the narrative. They're not going to be saying the same old Knicks. Like for instance, Kevin Durant hasn't played all year. Sure, obviously. Yeah, Kyrie hasn't played that. but twenty games all year. They're not going to be saying it's the same old Knicks, knowing that Kyrie might is coming back, knowing that Katie is coming back. Yeah, they will. They, yeah, they, they will. They yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, they will. This yeah, they, they will. Yeah, they will. Dude, it's the Knicks. They're punching bag. They they're gonna find. They're gonna season. find anything every, negative to every, say about them. <laughs> every single logical and legit Knicks fan that know they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie waiting in the wing would have took this season as a watch and been like, wait till Kevin and, K- and Kyrie get on this court. I, I get that. I'm talking about the narrative from the media. I'm not talking about the narrative from the fans. Of course, of course if you have those guys on your well, team I mean, waiting in the wings, of course you're going to think, oh, it's not about no, this year. I, it's it's about the, the following year. That. Huh? Nobody in the media is going to say that. Yes, they will. Are you kidding me? The Knicks? Are you kidding me? There's no, there's no way the media could say they're the same old Knicks when they got Kyrie and KD waiting in the wings. Bro, bro, trust me. I'm, trust me. I, 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 I can't trust you right there. That's not even a logical statement. It, it is a logical statement, statement. dude. That's not a logical Every statement. Every move they make is gets criticized, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you. So you're telling me they would have. There's no way they would have criticized and said it's the same old Knicks team when the only reason Kyrie and KD ain't on the court is because they were injured. Yeah, and we get that. They still, they still would have made a big fuss about it. The media would have still. The media would have still. They would have been crushing the Knicks, man. They would have made a big fuss about it. Yes. Yes. The Knicks are a punching bag. They would say this is a bad team. But we know what's about to happen when Kyrie and Katie come. Well, fans are gonna say that. Fans are gonna Media's look for fans Kyrie are gonna, gonna look forward to the next year. The media, dude, then the the look, the owner it's the owner's fault that narratives like this stow upon the Knicks. It's his fault. Any any move that they make that oh, that involves them not being on the court 
for whatever the reason is, they're going to get criticized, bruh. It is what it is. So you're telling me <laughs> that... I'm telling you, bruh. Nah, I don't... That's, that's, I, on, that's I, on everything, bruh. Nah, bruh. It's, it's on everything. They'd have been like, oh, man, the Knicks can't even keep people on the... You know, the Knicks can't even, you know, keep players on the court. Like, that would have been that would have been a how narrative. That, how would that possibly be... And how could that possibly be the narrative... If KD hadn't even, wasn't even going to play anyway. It's be, it's because of the history of the Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks are going to be the Knicks until they can prove they, they could do some things right. If, if and as long as they can't do, and as long as they've had this history, that's what it's going to be. But this would have, if they pulled Kyrie and KD, they would have done something right. Sure. But we're talking so about the following, is, we're talking about the following season. And again, I'm not talking about fans' narratives. I'm talking about the media narrative. I'm talking about the media, too. I'm, I am now talking about the media. Sure. The, the, the media is not going to say after they pulled or after the Knicks pulled off the blockbuster trades of KD and Kyrie, and but they can't play this year, specifically KD. They're not going to say, uh, speak about mistakes they've made. They're gonna, everybody's going to look past this season. Well, I didn't say they're going to speak about mistakes they've made in the past. I'm saying that their rep, their reputation for bad moves historically in the past is going to stem along with the narrative that they got these players, they finally made some right moves, and yet these guys can't get on the court. Regardless of the reason, we know the situation with Kevin Durant. Um, we knew what it was with Zion in Summer League. Um, and Kyrie has just been, you know, off and on throughout the entire year. I'm, I'm just, my point is, is that until the Knicks can prove that they can, you know, make the right moves and have those moves come to fruition, the media is going to bang on them. And that's a fact. And I'm saying, right, but what I'm saying is, is that signing Kyrie and KD would have been the right moves. The media would have backed up off of them. Yeah, and I'm not saying that the media is saying they're the wrong moves. That's not what I said. I'm just saying that the narrative would have been if these guys were on the Knicks and their situations are what they are now, the narrative would have been, oh, it's, you know, it's the same old Knicks, man, like Dag, like these dudes can't catch a break. Like, all these guys that they got is, you know, they're not on the court. How is the media, I don't understand how you're feeling like they would draw that narrative. Because it's the the Knicks. They're a punching, the Knicks are a punching bag. Do you understand that the Knicks signing Kyrie and Kyrie? Yes. Originally, if that would have happened, that would have been the biggest move in the Knicks for the Knicks in a while. We we understand that. We understand. The season would have been a wash. This season is not a wash because they didn't sign Kyrie and KD. And that's why I was saying that this that move, the fact that they didn't pull that move was so important. There's no way we're looking at this bum-ass Knicks team because they couldn't pull no free agents. Right. That's why we're upset. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'll say it again. I'm not going to regret what I said on the night that, you know, the Nets made the moves. I'm fine with it. 
The Knicks need to draft. They need to develop players. That's been the problem with them for 20 damn years. They need to start drafting and developing players. All this money they got in their salary cap to get proven players. But what does that tell you? What does it tell you about the Knicks that even with cap space, they still can't get players to come to their team? What does that tell you? No, they just couldn't get Kyrie and KD for whatever reason. But... You, what, me they you don't, but come on, come on, <laughs> come on. What, Ask the question. What, what, what question? You said, come on, you said, come on, and you like, like. No, I'm, I'm no, I'm saying, come on, like, the, the come my on, the Knicks, when was, was the last real free agent for the Knicks? Uh, who, Amari Stoudemire? Right, and how did, and how did that work out? Didn't end that well, but you telling me that they shouldn't, they, so are you saying because, Amari Stoudemire didn't turn out well. That they shouldn't have tried to get a Kimball Walker. No, I'm saying Butler? that the I'm saying that the history of the Knicks in these types of moves hasn't worked out well for them in the past. Well, neither is drafting. Apparently, we gave up our first round picks. Did y'all not sign Kelvin Knox two years ago? Okay, the, the jury's still kid? out on him. Left to the French kid. French kid, um, he, uh, he, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say that. Because, because y'all are making it now. But, but you're, but you're talking about, you're talking about recent drafts. Go back to the 2000s. We gave up our first round draft picks in, in trades. We've never, we've never had a top, um, lottery pick up until about two, three years ago. You said, so how are you going to build to the draft if you're not even getting what you need? Okay, my point is, my point is, is that Go ahead. you have a big salary cap. You had a big salary cap right. to sign if you couldn't get your two top players, your two, you know, one and two and KD and Kyrie. Right. You had enough money to get at least three two-tier, two-tier free agents to come to your squad. And we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. Sure, sure. But but, but, but what does that tell you? What does that tell you that not even the second-tier guys want to sign with the Knicks? What does that tell you? That the Knicks ain't throwing enough money. No, no. no. (laughs) That they're not throwing enough money? You just asked me what it's telling me. It's telling me that they're not doing a good job in lowering free agents. Uh, no. But it's not the money. It, the reason is not the money. The, I mean, the Knicks can... I mean, when they got Amari Stoudemire, they overpaid for Amari Stoudemire because they couldn't get they couldn't get LeBron because that was the number one the prize way, that year. By the way, he did have a moment where he was productive. It just didn't pan out the way he thought, they thought it was going to pan out. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it worked out for about half a season until Melo got there and then Amari yeah. just... You know, he just fell off after that. Um... The Knicks can't attract free agents because they don't like the ownership with the Knicks. That's, I mean, that's that's a fact. I mean, we, 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 I mean, I could go on and on about James Dolan, but at the end of the day, the guy owns the team, and niggas don't want to play for the guy. And so the, and the front Steve office Mills, is dysfunctional. Mills, the ownership Steve is dysfunctional, Mills, bruh. Steve Mills was fired, and who else was fired recently? No, just uh, Fisdale. 
Yeah, that's it. The coach and the GM was fired. Uh, the coach and the um, his title wasn't general manager; it was something else. But it was just him and Fisdale. Scott Perry's still there. Okay. So why is so you think Scott Perry keeping his job? Um, I don't know now, and he, and here's why I don't know. Here's why I don't know. Um, I don't know if they're gonna keep this Mike Miller guy, who I thought you know was doing a pretty good job, you know, when he came in for Fisdale. Whoever they get to replace Steve Mills, chances are they might want their own guy. They might want their own coach, and they and hell, he might want his own general manager. So that's why I'm not so certain that Scott Perry's going to keep his job. Because again, with what the Knicks do, they make changes that sometimes you question the timing of it. But they, I mean, at the end of the day, they just can't keep, you know, a consistent staff for a long period of time. And, you know, there's proof of that. There's, there's a history of the Knicks just, you know, dumping GMs, coaches for the last 20 years. And it, and it just hasn't worked out. Um, I'll go back to free agency. The Knicks, for some reason, they, they're, not, they're not successful with free agency. And, that, and that's a fact, and it's been proven in the last 20 years. I like what they've done in the draft. We're going to see more about Kevin Knox. Um, the French kid, I'm, I'm a believer at this point that he's just a great defender. Offensively, he doesn't, you know, move the needle for me. Um, we're going to see about RJ Barrett and we keep this first round pick for this coming off season. We'll see what they do there. It's a, it's a, it's a process. They, they just started doing this maestro in terms of keeping their first round picks and actually using their first-round picks in these drafts. So I'm just trying to wait and see how this thing pans out, but I also want to keep a consistent coach in place. I also want to keep a consistent general manager, front office. I, I, I want those situations to be stable, and as long as Dolan is there, and as long as you know they're so reactionary to the results... This is because this is what this is. The Knicks are being reactionary to the results. And I heard something on radio maybe about a month ago where they were saying that Steve Mills came out and was like, yo, like your expectation is to make the playoffs. And I and, you know, I'm with it because I thought this team could be an eight seed and they start out four and 18 or something crazy like that. And they have to let go of Fisdale and bring Mike Miller on. So. Um, I'm just looking for consistency within the front office and the coaching staff, along with... Why do they have to do that? Why do they have to do that? Why do they have to do... Let go of Fisdale. Let go of Um, the rotations, I thought... Like, I, I watched a few games, and I thought the rotations he was putting out there were a little suspect. Um, I thought the fact that some of the young cats on the squad wasn't getting enough minutes. I thought the veterans were out there more so and and I guess rightfully so because they got the contracts, they were being paid the money and all that good stuff. So and I kinda see it. Two games of the season. Right. And and so I, I get that part of it, but his rotations they, they they were suspect. 
I I, I didn't. Okay I, with, so you're okay with the firing? Yeah, I'm I'm okay with Steve Mills being let go. I mean, no, no, no. I'm talking about Fisdale. Oh, Fisdale. Yeah, I'm 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 okay with it. Um, now, I mean, when it first happened, I kind of was like, damn, like we just still can't, you know, keep a guy. We can't keep a coach when it first are happened. Are they playing much better with Fisdale gone? Yes, they are. They are. I haven't watched. They are. I mean, they're losing games, but I just think they're just not a very constructed roster. It's coming to fruition to be that way anyway. But I think you have a guy, because Mike Miller came from the D-League. Um, I think the the Westchester team upstate. So it, it sounds to me like he has a better handle on the rotations, who gets you know, the minutes and things like that. I think he's more up to that than Fizdale was. But even with some of the losses, and they've been winning a lot more than they have been under Fizdale. I didn't say he was a better coach. I just said he seems to have a better handle on the rotations and, you know, putting players in proper positions more so than Fizdale did. But it's okay, just wait, not wait. it's just not translating to enough victories to make you think, okay, maybe this guy could coach the team next season. Okay, question. Yep. Um, Fisdale was here last year? Was there last year? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, with this, <laughs> I, I, you just can't let Fisdale well, go that fast. I, I agree. And again. You just said you was okay with the firing. No, I'm okay with it now after times pass. Originally, when he got fired, I wasn't okay with it. But, I'm still not okay with it. Huh? I'm still not okay with it. I'm not even a Knicks fan. No, I, I mean, and, and and that's fine. That that That's fine. You, you, you don't have to deal with it. <laughs> I mean, you're not a Knicks fan, so you don't have to deal with it. But um, going back to last year, and I, and I heard people talk about this, they were saying that the reason they hired Fisdale was to attract those big-time free agents. And when that didn't happen, now they had to rely on Fisdale to actually coach the team because last year they basically... They were mailing in games, basically. They were tanking. A, do you believe that's a real thing, though, that they hired a coach to attract free agents? Because that sounds stupid to me. Um, The Knicks have been a stupid franchise for a long time. So it wouldn't... It wouldn't surprise me, but you you just never know. One thing I do know, the Knicks are stupid. <laughs> I, mean, I got one more thing. I got one more thing, man. Um, all right. Did you happen to see Antonio Brown's interview Sunday? No. On ESPN? No. Okay. Um, well, I'll make it short. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I think he's done as far as the NFL goes. If that wasn't already a foregone conclusion, mm-hmm. um, and um, this dude, uh, I don't know, man. I ain't gonna front though. I'm not gonna front though because I wanted I wanted to talk about this last week because something else happened where he yeah, got arrested. Moving, yeah, he got arrested. He, yep, he got released. And something else happened. I can't he remember what. In. He didn't get arrested. He turned himself in. Okay. But there, yeah. there was a warrant out for his arrest. Yeah. Um, I'm at the point now to where this guy might lose his life. And I don't want that to happen for him. 
I, I, I really don't. But you go through the timeline of everything that's been going on with this guy from the gummy bears to, you know, turning himself in to Specifically the gummy bears and not the fact that he was cussing out the police in front of his kids. Cussing to, to yeah, to that situation, to everything. Yeah, everything. Everything, man. Like, I don't want this guy to lose his life, but man, if if he don't do something to, you know, get himself some help, man, I I I fear for this guy's life, bro. And I'm and I'm and I'm not even I'm not a stealer guy, but when it comes to real life and people's situation, bro, I think he's long removed from being a stealer's guy. Well, he spent most of his career there, so... I think he's long removed from being a Steelers guy. I think what he's done in this past summer has long removed him from being a Steelers guy. So you, so you, yeah. do, so do you think I'm he's... I'm trying to disassociate myself from him, but when you say Antonio Brown, you don't think Pittsburgh Steelers. You think crazy, like... like well, uh, well, I'm saying, well, I'm, I'm just talking about in football circles, not so much like life circles. We know yeah, life circles, idea. you're going to think about all the extracurricular crap. But I'm just talking strictly football. If somebody mentions to you Antonio Brown, the you know, the former NFL player, you're going to think Pittsburgh Steelers. I guess. I guess. But I, 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 but again, I think I think him as a person, and I, I get you're saying football, but yep. um, and I know it hasn't even been a year, but it seems like he's so far removed from football. Like, he literally played a game this season. Yep. And it seems like he's so far removed from football. Yeah. That, like, you know, and like, let alone the Patriots, we don't even think that. I don't know what the hell we, like. He's an afterthought. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, 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 he doesn't seem, he don't seem like, um, and, you know, and truth be told, I guess he should feel this way, but he don't feel like he did nothing wrong as far as the women, yep. um, as far as the allegations and all that. And, you know, if you think he's innocent, then sure. I'm, you know, I, I, I ain't mad at him for saying that. Right. Um, and, but he does acknowledge that he's emotional and he should have handled, you know, like the Instagram live and yeah. you know, all that shit. He should have handled that different and, you know, but uh, all that to say, he seemed like he. It seemed like he was a part. Of, he was trying to get on a tour to get back on the NFL team, and I. It, it's. I don't think it's going to work for him, unfortunately. No, and every time you see an apology from him on Twitter, I'm always looking for what's he's going <laughs> to do next. Yeah. Because it, you, you kind of take his words at a, as a grain of salt at this point. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So I, I I fear for the dude's life, man. I hope he could get himself some help really soon, man. He did. He did. Last thing he did, they asked him about getting help because I guess uh, Roger Goodell came out in a statement and said that they that they were uh, interested in his well being. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the reporter asked him if uh, you know had Roger Goodell or the NFL extended help. And, um, you know, he threw a little shade and was basically like, you know, well, if you're not in the field property, they're not interested in helping you because you're not, you know, you're not an investment to them. Yep. So, um, you know, which makes sense. So I think he's really on his tour to getting, trying to get a job somewhere. Um, but he got to cut some of this shit out, man. Yeah. Nah, I hear you, man. I hear I you, mean, cause he could still be a receiver somewhere. Uh, I, I, you know, like. I don't think if he gets to a team and he'll still be a good receiver. I don't know 
I don't know how good he'll be, but he'll still be a good receiver. And, you know, so he should be somewhere. He just got to cut some of this shit out, man. Yeah, and I don't know if that's happening anytime soon. Neither do I. Neither do I. Really, really don't, man. And if I'm being honest, I don't think it's going to change. I hear you. Hey, um, I just want to send a quick shout out to a couple of guys on some solid uh, pro careers. Curtis Granderson retired from baseball and Vernon Davis just yesterday retired from the NFL. Both guys had some solid careers, um, put up some good numbers. And, um, you know, much, much congrats to those homies right there, man. Couple black guys, you know, doing it big, especially, especially Curtis Granderson in baseball, doing it real big. Tony Vernon Davis from the DC area. Yes, sir. Former Maryland Terp. Yep. No doubt. From DC, went to school in Maryland and, uh, ended his career as a Redskin. Yep. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, Curtis Granderson, his best year was with the Yankees in 2012, so want to shout him out for doing that and uh i guess we'll just end this right here man um i know this video is about to go off and uh want to send a shout out to everybody in the chat rooms real quick uh bs3 sports appreciate you everybody else rc hrab sports outside the box 33 reasons appreciate everybody uh don't forget folks uh and maestro do you you got anything else or you you straight all right no doubt no doubt uh folks check us out on the podcast at barbershopsportstalkpodcast.com uh also we got the youtube channel so make sure if you are a subscriber to youtube to subscribe to our channel also check us out on twitter at barbershop s-p-o-r-2 as well as the facebook page and also you can find us on instagram at barbershop sports talk podcast and if you got any questions or comments about the show you could email us at barbershopsportstalk1 at gmail.com. So if nothing else, Maestro Styles and Trey Frazier, we signing off. Y'all have a good week. We're going to catch you next week, Tuesday, with some more sports talk. Peace out, folks. Y'all have a good night. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh. Got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 